And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays, is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, oh, what's up? Well, I'm about five pounds heavier than two days ago. <laughs> um, I have yet to do one event, so I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, and um, that's, um, that's good. I mean, everything in life is, uh, is good right now. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas to everybody. Hope everybody had a great day yesterday. Uh, I had an awesome day with my family, with my kids. We built a ton of Legos all day. We uh, went out and played basketball together. It was great. We had a great day. So had a, we do a big brunch for Christmas, and it was just oh, nice. delightful. So uh, something else so that you was... So you don't have oh, the dinner on the 24th and the dinner on the 26th? We we do yeah we do dinner we do we did uh steak and potatoes on Christmas Eve, okay and then we did brunch on Christmas Day and okay. then we just we make way too much of everything and then we just eat it that's what we we'll eat yeah today. that's good yeah no in Italy depending on the latitude mm-hmm. you might get an event that lasts from the twenty fourth to the twenty sixth like nonstop like there is everything on the table at yeah. at all times yeah. night or night or day. Um, Around around here, you do twenty four, you do twenty five, and you do twenty six. Because yeah. to, to like to meet every part of your family, you have to to use three days. And so today, it's I I cooked um, I don't know ten pounds beef shank. Yeah, least, uh, the deals. Is it ready? Um. Yeah. I I it did like twelve hours. Yeah. Tonight, and then I will do another two or three just before serving it. Yeah. So, kind of yeah. let us know how it is. It look, it, it looks like it's, it looks like it's gonna be awesome. So yeah, it might be. Yeah. Uh, something else that was awesome. Shagos Alexander against the Pelicans was pretty awesome. Finished with forty four points, ten boards, six assists, two steals, and a block. What a what a line! Only two turnovers in this game. Seventeen of twenty nine from the field. Uh, seven of nine from the free throw line. He was unbelievable. In this game, there are so many shots that I just watched, and I was just like, I cannot believe he just did that. I'm sitting next to Joe Masato, and I just look over and I'm like, What? How does he do that? Like, how is he? How is he manufacturing these points? He was unbelievable in that game. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, 
the fourth quarter was something. I mean, I know that Herb Jones made a couple of big plays, and you are you tend to say, "Oh, okay." Um, Shay missed a few of uh, uh, like game decisive um, game deciding shots, but if you look at the line, like. This guy is carrying so much load for KC. Yeah, how much uh, more could he have done? I know. Yeah, exactly. He missed some shots down the stretch. But yes, yeah, but yeah, but what else? But if you look at the yeah, at the whole game, like it's insane. Like he had forty four, like efficiently. Yeah, it, it's not. It's not forty four, and that like where you look at the number of shots and say okay he had 44 but he had 38 shots right uh 12 trips to the line yeah like a lot of players with that usage can get 44 sometimes uh he's doing it with such a high efficiency and he's doing it with poku he, as his screener yeah well that, that is another story i mean that is that is uh that, that is um yeah um but what i liked about Shea last night, not last night, um, on twenty third, was that he he didn't play bad defense. Yeah. I mean, he's not Ludort. Um, hey, I'm praising Ludort. Wow, I, I want that wow. in writing. I thought that was just um, like a compliment. Yeah, yeah, it's a it straight is. up compliment. He's not Ludort. Um, and he, but he is playing hard. Yeah, and I mean. He can't be a lockdown defender. He can't risk to be at with five fouls uh, after three quarters. Yeah, he can't do that. Um, but he's not taking like that half of the court uh, in a Russell Russell Westbrook like mode. I mean, I right. saw, I've seen. Have you seen the game against the Mavericks? Yeah, I watched. I probably watched three quarters of it yesterday. There were there were like five minutes where he decided to put himself onto um, onto Luca. Yeah. And he was doing this fake aggressive oh uh, moves where where Luca just had to roll with, with his shoulders and he was wide open. It was so bad. Yes, I actually I was sitting watching that on the couch yesterday, and I was just like, I cannot believe, I cannot believe yeah. this. That is fake effort. So Shea is not fake effort. Yeah. He is real, just a measured effort, which is exactly what he should do. Um, I mean, I'm sure that he can. He can increase the defensive level a notch, if needed. Um, but it's, um, I mean, it's it's incredible. And if you look the way in which OKC is playing around Shea, Giddy is improving. Yeah, um, quite a bit. The team, quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I listened to the Wednesday pod, and I totally agree with the fact that we should put firmly Josh Giddy in third position yeah. uh, in terms of value in general uh for the team and maybe also for our opponent teams that are uh perking to see if there is a movement uh, mm -hmm. in, the, in in on the roster and i mean there is so much to do yet but you have this gem this pure gem that is incredible to watch already like and okc has all the tools to build an incredible roster around them mm -hmm. so this is this is the moment where you are now where you 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 clearly see that you have a super duper star that is doing something that looks unsustainable, but it is even with the talent that he has around him. It's, it's, it's astonishing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question from Adam Brandt. Can Shay get us flexed into a nationally televised game? They should. They honestly should. I don't think they will just cause it's Oklahoma city 
you know, if Shea was playing in Boston and Boston was playing like this, then like, yeah, for sure. Um, but because it's OKC, I don't think so. I think next year they'll have some nationally televised games, maybe even multiple, just because yeah. of the way that Shea plays and then adding Chet and then adding whoever they get in the draft. It's like Eamon Thompson. Sorry. I mean, that would be amazing. That would be yeah. ridiculous. But, yeah, if they yeah. could get somebody good in the draft, then, like, yeah, I think they'll put them on national TV at least twice. But this season, you got to – I mean, I we enjoy watching him. And I think most people that would tune in would enjoy watching this team. But there's just very few people probably outside of, like, NBA nerddom trying to uh, catch Shea playing. They'll look at his stats. They'll watch some highlights and feel satisfied, you know. So I I don't I don't think so, which is unfortunate, but that just is what it is. But um, yeah, Shea was great. There's the play at the at the end of regulation. This is an absolute mess um, from the clock standpoint, from the officiating standpoint. Um, it was just yeah. an absolute travesty. But the Pelicans deny Shea the ball completely, and yeah. get they get the ball to Trey Mann. Who played okay? He was three of eight from the field. Hit some. I mean, he had three threes, so it was good to see yeah. him knock down some shots. But and I know Mark said he felt confident in him. I know that Shay said he felt confident in Trey. Those that's all great. It's all great. It's awesome. I but also the, no. The guy was just in Vegas at the G League Showcase the day before. I'm not putting the ball in his hands. I can't remember if Mark had a timeout. I think I, I don't think he did. But if he did, I would have called the timeout like immediately. Said like, no, sorry. <laughs> like nope. that that's not it. Shay, nope. go get nope. the ball. Like Shay was yeah. willing to be a decoy. Like he basically and Shay should have come around and tried to get the ball. Is what should have happened after Trey yeah. brought it up. Like don't don't let Trey sit there and dribble the air out of the ball. And you know, yeah. make yourself a decoy. Like, go get the ball. Like, if he, you have hit game winners. Like, go get the ball. You had a game winner just last week. Go get the ball. Yeah. Because that, I mean, they, they definitely could have won that game and should have won the game. They were up six with a minute and a half left. Like, I mean, they, they really, they had control of that game and should have won that game. Yes, they had. And, you know, Trey gave his best shot, missed it at the end, going to overtime, ends up just in a mess of the clock not starting and the play took twenty five seconds and so it was just it was just a weird, weird thing. Anyways, but they ended yeah. up they ended up going into overtime, losing in overtime. Almost had an had a chance to go into double O T when Jackson Hayes misses two free throws. The ball gets tapped out by Trey Murphy right into the hands of Shea, just right yep. into his shooting pocket almost. And then he's able to turn and fire it away and just barely misses it. Shea said after the game that it felt short. But that was a that was a, a wild sequence because I'm, I'm videoing it. So I'm just videoing Jackson Hayes shooting. And I didn't know that Shea was right there when I was videoing because I'm just like looking, I'm just looking into mm -hmm. my phone 
and then I as I turn I'm following the ball and turn turning my phone right and then I was like oh my gosh that's Chase got the ball and he fires it and misses but yeah it was a it was a v- extremely entertaining game there's like high flying dunks specifically from Jackson Hayes who was just ridiculous in that game yeah he was eight of nine from the field and just an absolute monster the Thunder did a really really bad job of rotating in that game on defense especially down low. Um, but it was a masterful job from the Pelicans coaching staff. I mean, oh, they were um, they were incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like to see that Valanciunas was too slow to and not physically imposing. Yeah. Um they just shift, shift to to Jackson A's, who was everywhere. Yeah, I mean, he was not like really providing defense whatsoever. Um, he's not a good defender. Mm. Um, he's okay. Uh, but the fact that that he could just fly for dunks and just be a vertical threat, that put OKC in a tough spot. Because even yeah. if you have a guy that can basically be there, I mean, Jackson Ace will jump on Kenrich's head. Yeah, Kenrich yeah. can try to push uh, Valenciunas away from his usual post-up position. It's tough to just to to go and contest Jackson Ace's alley-oop attempts Mm -hmm. and i mean this is the version of jackson ace that i think was in a lot of scouts minds i mean a guy that can be your shot blocker ideally versatile enough to maybe switch um on the perimeter and just being uh, a menace in terms of flying around and dunk the ball but it didn't happen it happened against a team that doesn't have a center which is again fitting um you know how many times jackson hayes has played like that this season one. Once. One. one time. Yeah, I know that. He has been horrific this season. Yeah. You watch that game, you think, oh, man. Like, do you think they'd take a first rounder for him? It doesn't seem like he plays that many minutes for them. feels like maybe they could. Like, no. No. This is just like, it was an absolute outlier game for Jackson Hayes. Yeah. He, you can tell, like, he... I mean, you could tell that it was a it was a outlier game even from him, because he's looking at the coaching staff for almost like every instruction, and it's like really trying to get it right and really try like played really really hard, and knew that he had it going, and so he's hey, like coach, he's looking over okay? the coaching staff. Yeah, okay here. I mean, seriously, after almost every single play, both offense and defense, he is just looking over at Willie and the coaching staff. You know, this season he's averaging three points and two rebounds per game. In nine minutes, yeah, it's not playing. And they've dealt with injuries. You know, last season he played seventy games, played twenty minutes per game. But you know, this season he's only forty six percent from the field, from the field yeah. in twelve games. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's dealt with injuries. He's dealt with DMPs. He's it's kind of been all over the place. And you wonder. I mean. I don't think the Pelicans are going to pay him. So, like, if you're if you're somebody that thinks the Thunder should go after Jackson Hayes, just wait till the off season. You know, the Thunder yeah. have cap space. Yeah, I mean, he would not be. I mean, I I listened to um, your after game Thunder After Dark podcast mm-hmm. with Joe, mm-hmm. um, which is a great listen, and um, it's a fun one. It's a fun one. Yes. Um, I mean, I would love to see Giddy playing with this kind of toy like yeah like 
I mean, Giddy misses uh, a vertical threat. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he could do a lot. Um, I also wonder how much of this Jackson A's moment was mainly because because he doesn't have a body, and also because they didn't have Zion who occupies a lot of space yeah, that exactly. Jackson A's can occupy. I mean, he's not functional yeah. with either Valanciunas of or Zion, so yeah, maybe surrounding him with shooting. Um, can be something that uh, allows him to be at least a passable big off the bench because he has the tool. He has athletic tools. I mean, he oh can gosh. really jump. He's one yeah. of the most athletic bigs in the league. Like, yeah, probably yeah. One, top five most athletic bigs in the league. Yeah, yeah, he can he can really jump. Uh, again, I I I've spent too little time to to scout him. I don't know how much he gathers about. Um, defense in space and, and these concepts that Mark Degno plays a difficult brand of basketball, in mm-hmm. my opinion. He's not for everyone. Um, you need to you need to be extremely sharp in order to and attentive at all times in order to to be effective in Mark's system. So uh, it you need to have guys that are I mean have a certain level of understanding of complex um, yeah. spacing, especially. Um, it's but I'd say I think you're right, but I would also say that if you have the the tools and the intellectual talent to operate within his system, his system will make you look better than you are even. Oh, sure, sure. And and you can say that maybe that Dignal is trying to develop everybody and um and and maybe he'll find a role for a rim running big. But my, my point is if you want to be more than that. Uh, you really have to to be different. I would um, I would say that Golden State's similar. They don't run the same stuff, but they're similar in that like you have to function on a higher plane than the average NBA player. Like Kelly Oubre did yeah. not work in Golden State because Kelly Oubre just wants to get buckets. Yeah, and, like that's great, but you're not going to work here like that. They cut bait with him. They said nope. Yeah. Tried. Get out of here. Same thing. It's the same thing with James Wiseman, and this is why I don't know that Jackson Hayes would work here, because you really do have to be a decision maker to play on yeah. the Thunder, and Jackson Hayes yeah. is not a decision maker, and that's not a knock on him. It doesn't mean that he can't be an NBA guy. I think he can be. I think he can be a yeah, backup. Look, Capella. Center. Yeah, Capella is not a decision maker, and he yep. was awesome with James Harden. You have yeah. to do three things. Either you, you do pick and roll or you put yourself in the dunker spot and you just feast. Yeah. I mean, Jackson Hayes in Dallas, like if Dallas signed him and he was their backup center, like awesome. Super duper good. All he has to do yeah. is set screens and roll and Luca's going to find him and he's going to get three dunks a game. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, high level dunks. I mean, yeah. Eye popping, like holy smokes. I mean, there, there were three or four times that. I'm just like wide-eyed looking over at Joe or looking over at somebody else down there. It's like, wow, it's crazy. Yeah, that was he's a he was a huge part of like why that game was really fun. It's just yep. like you don't especially in OKC, like we don't get to see a lot of crazy dunks. I mean, the only guy that's really dunking on the Thunder is J dub. And he's he had one too. He threw down one that was pretty yep. nasty. In that game, he he continues to play pretty well. I was talking to a scout that was sitting next to me, and just like sometimes I'll just ask like open ended questions, like "What do you think of this Thunder team?" You know, like 
Mm-hmm. And, and then I said, let me rephrase. I said, who do you think is going to make it to like the next pl- Thunder playoff team that's on that you were looking at right now? Mm-hmm. And he didn't like give me like a straight up like list or like a straight up answer. But one of the guys that he highlighted was J Dub, and he was like, you know, he's like Jalen Williams looks like a core piece. He looks like a, a core piece of a team that's going to make the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that was interesting. He's like, he's got to shoot it in order for it to work next to Shea. Because like you just need Shea just needs shooting around him. It's like yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty clear that that's what he yeah. needs. And so, but the good thing about Jalen, like right now, he's not shooting well from three. I think he yeah he's zero of three in that game. And it just doesn't feel like it's going to go in. <laughs> um, yeah. But he's he has a track record of being a shooter in college. And, you know, you got the shooting guru in OKC with Chip England. And so I think get he's got to be given some time to figure it out. And if he can become just a, a slightly above league average three-point shooter paired with his efficiency, like his efficiency inside the arc is ridiculous. Yeah. I like guess efficiency at the rim and the mid-range, like he's a he's a very good efficient player there. And if he could figure out you know how to impact the game from deep, then this is like a an all-star level player if like he shoots it well cuz he's he gives good effort on defense. I don't I think he's a little bit overpraised at times for the kind of defender yep. that he is. Um, but I think he'll get better. And just sure. just his mentality and just the way that he is unselfish and willing to cut and willing to kind of play his role. And there's a lot of there's a lot to like there with him. And really, he yeah. was like one of the guys that the scout really praised the most. Um, he said that he likes Josh Giddy. He said that that people around the league, their opinions on Josh Giddy are all kind of all over the place. Hmm. Some people really like him. Like between extremely good and, oh boy, this this guy is fun. No, like extremely good I and I don't know what he is. Yeah, but this, this is something that, I mean, yeah, that's the point. Like, I don't know what, it is, what he is. That is the whole point. Yeah. And if you look at it and you say, oh, I don't know what it is, then then you have to think. Yeah, like, kind of my, my thought he... when he said that was like, yeah, he's 20. So Yeah, he's 20. And also, I mean, you have to think what he can be for you, mm-hmm. which is extremely important. Like mm-hmm. over the past few weeks, Josh has played not as a second year guy. He has played like just a great player. Yeah. I mean, he's doing stuff on both ends. He's grabbing rebounds. He is being more efficient. His understanding is coexistent with, with, with Shea on the court much better. And they don't have anything different from the beginning of the season in terms of personnel. Yes, there is Kenrich, which helps. Um, helps There are guys that can shoot the basketball like Isaiah Joe that helps, Um, but they don't have elite talent around them. Um, and I really love the fact that Degnold is using them for very good stretches of very long stretches of time together, but they, they are also trying to 
whenever they are not sharing the court to put the best guys to play their to their likes so whenever it's Shea on the court um there is just plenty waters um isaiah joe mike muscala and and one defender and, yeah. and it's all offense and when the, when there's josh there is kenrich uh wiggins um jadab and there is all these moving parts that that um josh can unlock so i really like this from degnold um i'm really pleased with the way in which he is handling rotations not that that not that he has to please me but uh, but i am <laughs> anyway yeah. so it's a uh, um and, and this is leading to interesting results in terms of the type of shots the type of possessions uh play types um for okc so it's trivia time for you okay um where does okc rank in terms of amounts of transition transition possessions in the league hmm They like to run in the way that this is NBA.com or is this? No, 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 no. This is advanced. Okay. Um, sixth. Second. Second. Behind okay. the Kings. Okay. 19.5% of their possessions, uh, 227 per game, are transition possessions. Where do they rank in terms of efficiency in transition? first no they are middle of the pack okay. 15th so they they have a lot of transition possessions yeah um they score a lot there because 1.12 is still a lot yeah uh but it's not elite in terms of transition the yeah, best team yeah. i think it's denver uh yeah, that makes sense. they are at one point let me check 1.25 which i mean it, it's substantial but still, if you have transition opportunities, then, I mean, you should be efficient, more efficient. Um, Dort is slightly inefficient. See, I'm positive. I'm trying to wow. spin it in a positive way. Wow. Yeah. Um, JDAB is not efficient. Um, Shea is extremely efficient. Uh, guys like Kenrich are efficient. Yeah. Um, but still, they can improve a bit there. But they are, the good thing is that they are getting to it. Quite a lot compared to other NBA teams. Um, they, I the mean, they run all the time, and that's yeah. that's like demanded by Mark. It's like get the yes. ball, push, 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 push. When they're not As playing they fast enough, I mean, he'll 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 be yelling at them that they're not playing fast enough. Yeah, um, and it's great. And a lot of that, I mean, you watch like Shea and and Giddy play together. Like Shea is looking for Giddy. When they get into the when they get into some actions, like he's always looking for Josh, especially with Josh yeah. with a head of steam. Like if he sees Josh yeah. get a head of steam on a cut, he's gonna find him. Like Shea's gonna find him. You know, it feels like it's been way more of that than the other way around so far yeah. this season. Is that Shea has confidence in Josh to finish. Yeah. And there was like one moment in particular where Shea finds Josh and Josh finishes at the rim and then they you know, high five each other at half court. You know, yeah, and that was I remember just, that. That was just like yeah. okay, like that's kind of a cool moment. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and the fact that Shea is trying to empower his teammates. Yes. Uh, maybe, maybe sometimes to uh, like the man experience is a bit too much. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, I think so. But it's the being willing to go through those growing pains. You know, when you are one of the best 
10 to 15 yeah. players in the league, depending on where you think he's at. It's like, wow. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, give me that. That's great. I'd rather have a player that's willing to go through the growing pains than somebody who's like, oh, my gosh, like, how am I supposed to win with these guys? Like, what's going on here? Like, no, he believes yeah, yeah. in them, you know. So second, well, third question uh, on your little trivia here. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the, do you agree that spot up is one of the next, together with cuts, one of the next uh, most desired play types um, among the ones that are tracked by Synergy or NBA.com? Yeah, wide open spot ups. Yeah. Uh, depending on the player. Or spot up yes. opportunities. Yeah. So where where is uh, OKC ranked in terms of number of spot-up possessions in the league? What's their ranking? Mm-hmm. In terms of uh, amount of possessions. The amount of possessions. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Seventh? First. Yeah. I kind of wondered if it was going to be that high. First. With um, the margin between OKC and Boston is the same between Boston, which is second, and let me do the math correctly, and the seventh. Hmm. So it's quite substantial. It's 1.5 possessions more than Boston. Uh, OKC is at 31.1. The team that takes the least is Denver, which is weird. Uh, I wonder. Well, anyway, they just do. They um, just move. They're just like constantly. They're just churning around Jokic, and like Jokic. Yeah, maybe take, it's cuts. Maybe Jokic, they get it. Yeah, Jokic doesn't take spot ups. I mean, it's all just like constantly churning movement. Like no, there's hardly anybody standing still on offense yeah. for for Denver, and they like prefer it that way because then Jokic can just cook. Yeah. Yeah, which is something that you do with Giddy, for example. It's a twenty-one point one. So. Yeah. Exactly 10 more for OKC. The Excellent. point is, can you guess where they rank in terms of points per possession in spot up opportunities? 27th. That, that was close. They are 28. Yeah. Just below the Miami Heat and above the Hawks and the Raptors. Uh, well, actually tied with the Raptors. Um, point 0.97, which is bad. Yeah, I mean, good teams that are at 1.16, so point, point 0.2, uh, which is quite a lot. Points per possession better. Um, so to me, this screams about, hey, they're doing the things right in terms of process. They just didn't have um, yet the players that will allow them to, to flourish. I mean, if, if we look at spot-ups and the players, I mean, Lou Dort, below average, Pokushevsky, below average, Jalen Williams, below average, Josh Giddy yeah. below. Um, then you have Shea and JRE and Muscala that are very good. You have Isaiah Joe that is excellent, uh, of course. Yeah. And then you have a lot of guys that are average. Um, so if you shift a bit of these possessions, and Lou Dort is taking like a lot of them, like almost... 20% of the possessions are loose. Yeah. In terms of spot ups. I don't doubt uh, that. Which is not nothing. No. He's taking double the amounts than Poku and Shea. Like, yeah. If you take a bit of them, 
and just put them to other uh, guys on the on, on the roster, like Chet Holmgren, for example. Um, might help. It might help. Might it help might help. And, and, and again, it's not that OKC is losing games by a mile right now. They're they not. are losing them by a hair. Yeah. And again, if if on these spot opportunities you are just a bit better, um, then it's uh, it's money. Yeah. You just if you are average, <clears throat> your net rating would be even right now. Yeah. So if you if you if somehow OKC becomes well, they will grow uh, because they have a lot of young players. Yeah. So if they grow into a team that is above average in transition and just average in terms of spot ups, then you have it. <laughs> then you have yeah. a winning team. Then you have a playoff team. So, I mean, <sighs> it's good. Borderline. Uh, the, the 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 main reason why I ask you this is just to show that they're doing things right, mm-hmm. and they they have very easy fixes for this team. They yeah. can be organic, or they can be bought in the market. I think that it's completely fine to see if they can grow it organically inside their own structure before they just pull the trigger and. On on a star, because yeah. they sure have the asset to do so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they. It's it's just not rocket science. Like, how do we make a team with Shea, Giddy, Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams? How do we make it work? Just put a really crazy knockdown shooter around him. You know, it might help because the yeah. like you said, like the spot up opportunities are because you get so many drives and they you have to help on Shea. If you don't help on Shea, mm-hmm. he's going to score every single time. And so the defense has to react to Shea Gilles Alexander. And they just yeah. <coughs> excuse me. And so if you just have somebody who's just a crazy knockdown shooter out there, great. And that's why I, and then even if it like hits Giddy's hands, then like Giddy can make a decision. Chet can make a decision. J-Dub can make a decision. Like, get it in the hands of a shooter, you know? And there's guys in this draft that I haven't watched Grady Dick enough to know if he's, like, such a sieve on defense. We'll see. You know? See soon. I haven't watched him enough, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I know he's a knockdown shooter. I don't know if he can play in Mark's system. I don't know enough about him. But just, like, the idea of, like, a six foot seven shooter, it's like, that's kind of what they're missing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, in terms of amount of of possessions, um, I mean, they're clearly not getting any pick and roll, rollman possession at all. I mean, they don't they don't have offensive rebounds. Um, but this is by by nature of of this year. Yeah. Um, and they're again, they're getting to the right kind of shots most yeah. of the time. It's as you mentioned. I mean, even if they don't draft too high, there are guys that are good shooters. I mean, there is Brandon Miller, who is a good shooter. Yeah, he's a good shooter. There's Grady Dick, who is an excellent shooter, like lights out. Mm-hmm. We're talking like 46 point something in terms of percentage that he has right now. So, yeah, uh, it's, um, again, if, and you, and you can see Isaiah Joe is the, the blueprint of this. You oh, pick a guy. Yeah. That has one 
well, he has multiple traits because he's an NBA player. So yeah. he's, he's, yeah. he's insanely talented. But um, for NBA standards, he is just a shooter. And again, mm. I'm quoting just a shooter because he's better than 98% of uh, basketball players around the world. Um, but he, he, you plug him in and he, he works immediately. He makes OKC much better. What did, so, what did you think of my – did you listen to Alex and I's trade value podcast? Yeah. What did you think of yes. me having Joe a little bit lower than Alex? I think that there are many teams that will not value him high enough. Yeah. I think that um, there are options, uh, cheap options. And I'm not sure that he right now is giving you – much for a guy like Isaiah Joe. I know that Trey Mann is not in a good spot right now, but I would gamble more on a guy like him than a guy like Isaiah Joe, just because I think that if it is a bad, and I want to bet with a slightly higher stake yeah. uh, compared to, to Isaiah Joe, which even if he's starting to show a bit of stuff here and there, he's... He's just a spot-up shooter uh, for now. And, mm. I mean, it's hard to see guys, like, breaking the bank for a guy like this. So I, I tend to agree. Um, I don't I don't agree on JRE being so high, for example. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have him above, like, a lot of guys. I would still pick men ahead of him. Um, okay. For the, like... <sighs> He needs to show way more for me to. He he plays a positional a position that is not a position of value. Men does. Yeah. Um, I would put Aaron Wiggins ahead of him in a heartbeat. Because I'm a big he, Aaron Wiggins guy. I was I was trying to get Aaron to be a little bit higher on that list. I just but he's a wing. Like a wing. to me, there is not even a question about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and not because Jerry is bad, just because how many teams will actually look at jerry and say oh we we need that guy no there's nothing yeah many. it's it's like i mean they would say let's give let's give him some more time let's give him another year to, yeah. feel, to see what he's got let's see let's see if they actually extend him we can get him we can get him in two years yeah i don't have yeah. to spend anything exactly right now yeah the thunder, not- i mean the thunder could draft if they dra- if they draft two more bigs yeah then like yeah, see you later, Jeremiah. Like even like see you yeah. later, Poku could happen because if you draft two guys no. that can play down there, I mean it's possible. No, no, not Poku. Poor Poku on. got popped in the eye again. We was I was making a joke with some people before the game about Poku wearing makeup, and then he get got popped right in the eye within like thirty seconds of the game starting, and his eye looked really bad. I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad for. Old Poku, he yeah. played pretty well. He, he, he had a couple plays, and he's done this recently, where you can see like, oh my gosh, like Poku made an aggressive play, like Poku <laughs> got an aggressive rebound. Like I didn't know he was, I didn't know that was possible, but he's start, he's starting to show a little bit here and there, uh, which has been fun. Uh, okay, let's take a quick break. We come back, we'll talk some more Thunder stats. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. 
David Yurman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yurman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, McKelly, let's, let's run through in the past 15 games. Who do you think are the Thunder's best three-point shooters? They actually have six guys that have shot 40% or better. One of them is Usman Jang, who hurt his wrist, and he's out, mm-hmm. but he's only played five games, so we will, we, will, we will not count him. So five guys that have shot 40% or better. Can you name them? Yes, I can. Or at least I hope. One is Kenrich Williams. Kenrich Williams, 41.7% on 2.7 attempts in the last be nine games for him. Mike Muscala. Mike Muscala is number one in nine games, 47.6% on 2.3 attempts. Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy is number five, 41.2% on 2.6 attempts in 13 games. Um, Isaiah Joe. Isaiah Joe, 41.8% on 5.2 attempts per game in 13 games. The last one so is nice. only in five games, so I probably should be, shouldn't count him either, like I did with Jay. Like Lindsay, Lindy Waters. Lindy Waters, forty-four point four percent on one point eight attempts per game. Nail them! I yeah. swear, I'm not looking at the. You didn't even you didn't even name one other guy. And then you have like, and then like the bottom drops out <laughs> pretty quick. Like Darius is at thirty-six percent on one attempt a game. Yeah, let me guess the percentage of the others, though. Okay, J, J, well, this is Jalen Williams, the other, the G League Jalen. 
Yeah, it's about it's probably one out of three. Yeah, he's like thirty three percent. Yeah, good. Uh, Dort. Dort is thirty one point seven percent. Thirty two point nine percent. Oh come on! On okay. five attempts per game. That's not, I mean that's for for Dort standards pretty good. Pretty bad. I'll pretty stop. pretty for for Dort standards is below <clears throat> last season, so it's a bit bad. Yeah. But acceptable, Good. except an acceptably bad number. Ex- I like this. Okay, <laughs> Aaron Wiggins. Oh, Aaron, uh, thirty point seven, thirty one point eight on two attempts in eleven games. It's bad. Yeah, Shay. Shay is thirty one point one. Yeah, thirty one point seven. Uh, yeah, it's not good. Poku. In 15 games. He's played all 15 games. One of the few guys that's played all 15 games. 29.5? 31.3. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. Jeremiah in nine games before he got injured. He's shooting like below 31, Jeremiah? That I wouldn't have guessed that. Yep. I don't know. 28%. In oh, nine that's games. bad. Trey. Trey is bad, 27, something like that. 26.4 in 13 oh. games. J-Dub. I don't know why. Why? It's really bad. It's, we- it's weird. It's weird. It's definitely weird. Uh, J-Dub. Oh, J-Dub is quite bad. Quite, quite bad. Yeah, it's something like 25 points. Change. Yeah, 24.3 in the last oh. 15 games. Really bad, really bad. And then Eugene played seven games, shot 13. Well, who cares about Eugene? Poor Eugene. I like Eugene. He's great. Yeah, me too. Something Not his fault. Something about a professional basketball player smiling back at you with a mouthful of braces that just fills your heart, you know? It's just great. Yeah. It's just a wonderful thing. Uh, Yeah, I, that's it's just an interesting list. You know, Josh... Josh's shot is looking better, and it's going in right now. Yes, these are two very important things. They're very Both. important. I don't, I don't know what to believe with it yet. I need to, we need to look back after March or something, and see mm-hmm. where the progress is for him. But where is for the season? 33? 30, 30, and a half? Yeah, thirty-three, thirty-two point nine. So thirty-three percent. Okay. If you would have given me that, say, hey, he makes progress from 26% to 33%. It's like, yeah, yes, I'll take it. I'll take that yes. progress. You know, on a basically the same number of attempts, a little bit less, actually. And he said this after the game. I was asking him, like, how did, like your shot, you, you seem to be confident. I was like, your confidence never wavered, but you seem to be pretty confident with your shot. Like, how does it feel? Where are you with your progress? He said, like, the biggest thing is taking the right shots and mentally not trying to prove to others that he can shoot. That is a great, great sentence to say. Yeah. And to and to put on someone lockers. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard Mark talk about Dort lately? I, I heard you, yes. Uh, Mark... So he 
we discussed that, but we hadn't discussed earlier that like Dort when he defended who was it against when they oh when he defended Dame after the game he yeah. he just talked about how like he's got a long offensively he's got a long way to go to figuring it out but defensively like he's just one of the best in the NBA like he's Mark knows Mark knows like the the difference between Dort's defense and his offense and like how he needs to develop and get better. Um, I, I was, uh, how can I say this? I was, um, I was sure that that was the case, but still, it's just good to hear, to hear it. Sometimes, sometimes yes. even though you know something to be true and you know, so, know that of course, Mark knows that Dort has to get better. Of course he does. Like if Mark didn't know, he wouldn't be the coach of the thunder. Yeah. Like it would exactly. be a big problem if yes. if that were the case. Of course he knows. Of course he knows. But he says it. But he says He's, it out uh, loud. Confident enough yes. to say it. Yeah. Which means that they're talking to him about it too. Yes. So that's good. Anyways, back to Giddy. Giddy's shooting thirty three percent from three. Seven percentage points better. If you ask anybody, like can you take a seven percentage point jump? Yeah, like that's, that's a that's, that's a huge improvement. It's a huge huge improvement for for him. It's our bubble like numbers. Yeah, it's great. That one from the corner in that game against the Pelicans was particularly impressive. Just because yeah. it wasn't a wide open catch and shoot three, it was defenders right here. I'm making the conscious decision to jab and then shoot it. I was like, oh. Oh, that that doesn't qualify as a good shot, but I didn't we'll think so either. Because when he at, I I mentioned that shot to him, and then he talked about like good shots. I don't know if it just felt good. Like I don't know. Like I'm not going through, probably I'm felt not, good. I'm not sure what's going through his brain, but like that was that was very interesting. And then you look at Josh's per thirty six numbers, and. Sometimes it's hard just to tell, like, has Josh gotten all that much better? Like, yes, he has. Like, even his, like, raw numbers are just a lot better than last year's. Um, yeah. Except for the assists. But, like, That is a byproduct of the role. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. He is... They're looking for him to get moving toward the rim more than he was last year. And Shea is the engine of the offense. Like, yeah. full, full stop, the end. Wise decision. As it should be. Yeah. It was kind of strange last year whenever they did the whole not my plan A bit and Shay, yeah. they were like, we're going to have Giddy. Giddy was going to have the ball more. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. And then Shay showed up better. And I was like, okay, nope. That is plan A. And it's, it's plan A. Yep. Plan A is back. Plan A is what we're implementing, and we're going to make well, Josh work this. around him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Like, this is, like, if he spent a summer with the only plan in his mind to be too good to for Mark to, to pull him off ball, and this is the result, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is... Yeah. And it's not wow. like it's not like Shade isn't willing to play off ball. I mean, that was one of the first things he said to me before the season exactly. started. Is that he's like working on his off ball skills. But yeah, yeah, I'm working on my off ball skills. 
Um, but this is how good I am mm -hmm. on ball. So, Mark, please tell me what, which one you prefer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah, Josh yeah. has improved in his true shooting percentage from 47.8% uh, last year to 518 this year. Yeah, which is still below league average, um, but creeping towards the right direction. I yeah. mean, I really think that part of the inefficiency uh, for Josh is the fact that OKC doesn't have spacing, doesn't have um, vertical spacing. So it's, I mean, if you think about the lineups where Shea is not on the court, I mean, Chet fits that to a T. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Shea can just play with guys like Joe, Kenny, uh, Mike, mm -hmm. and, and another shooter, maybe maybe Usman Jang. That is a good lineup to put on the court. Yeah. And then you have this lineup with Kenny. I mean, Kenny's in any good lineup. Um, yeah, <laughs> Chet, uh, Josh, and whoever can run around and set a screen and move around. And it's... It, it will be so much better because, I mean, can you imagine like playing pick and roll with Chet and Chet roams towards the basket so Giddy has the option to get to the basket himself or just lob it? Yeah. This is not an option right now. When he put his head down, then it, it is, hey, can I be better than the shot blocker or or not? Now is I have another option. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can do whatever with the ball because Chet is there. Yep. And if I throw it with a good timing he will just hammer it so or i can just um or he can just stop outside of the three-point line and it's cash uh for for chat on a pick and pop so it will change so much for giddy especially for shay as well i mean don't get me wrong <laughs> I mean, yeah having chet hongren as your oh just gosh. hey just scream for me and i will uh, i will feed you 10 trees in in a quarter yeah type of deal i mean it's and chat will take them the point is that chat will take any shot yep yep oh boy i just i just i just can't wait <laughs> i know yeah chet is going to change this team a lot yeah i mean so much because he's going to take yeah. a ton of these possessions where you're just like a little bit unsure as to like what what's going to happen here and he's i mean he should have a pretty high usage rate you know for this team and not only is he going to be like a guy like pick like he's going to be rolling to the basket popping out to three taking stuff at the nail like he's going to be somebody that's going to handle the ball too yeah and like should handle the ball quite a bit so it's and dribble himself into a one-legged fadeaway jay from time to time like from every two three possessions <laughs> yes yeah. Give me that. Just give me uh, that right now. I, know. Um, I, mean, I, I would it, actually. Where where would you have them? Just in a hypothetical that doesn't matter. That's impossible to know. But like, where would you say they would be if Chet was playing with them? I mean, I had them at thirty six wins with Chet over mm -hmm. under. Um, I think I was low on them. Yeah. Which. Isn't it insane? It's a bit insane. It's a bit They'd insane. Be probably right around 500. Yeah. Where Dallas is. Yeah, they Maybe could. Be better. I mean, I think they can be better than Minnesota if they had Chet. 
Minnesota's 16 and 17 right now. Yeah, they, they can be slightly better than that. Negative point differential. No positive point differential. Which that 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 is. But that's where the 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 Timberwolves are. Negative point yeah. nine. The Thunder are negative one point four. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. I mean, there's how many teams with the positive? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams with positive point differentials in the West. Yeah. That would be in playoff position. Playoff playing. I would I would say that they would be in the play-in position and need things to continue to go really poorly in Minnesota and obviously in Golden State and in LA like to get there. And that that, that could actually be the case for this team too. Yeah. You know, if they I mean you look at their schedule. We talked about this on Friday. But you look at their schedule and it's like Things could look a little different in the next, like, I don't know, two weeks. San Antonio, do, Charlotte, yeah. Philly, Boston, Orlando, Washington. Yeah. If they split, it's okay. But they may be better than splitting. I, I mean, mean you, you you could even go as far to say that they should win four out of these six. Yes. Yes. But you never know. I mean, you can. I mean, I think that three and three is the most likely outcome for them. Oh yeah, uh, I think that's gonna... the safest. Even three and three, though, it's like oh, it's not bad. It's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. Um, I don't think that they, they can swing. I mean, well, they are at home against Boston. You never know. It depends on how good that Boston are shooting. The, the Celtics are shooting the ball. Yeah. Um, against against the beat, I don't think they have it. Either sits and then they may have a chance. But if it, I mean, I would love to. I mean, I, I, I can't wait to see Dort on Harden. I know. Um, that is a, that is a fan. I mean, when Dort has games like the one against the Lur, yeah, I, I actually bite my tongue like quite a lot. <laughs> I mean, you can be, you can be great. You can yeah. be, you can be insanely, you can be the soul of this team like Kenrich is. Yeah. Uh, if you just behave a bit. But then you can see clearly why OKC gave Dort this amount of money. You can see why they 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 just say, okay, we'll try another year and maybe another year. Because when he plays that level of defense, you can see value. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if this is the if this is the deal with Dort, which I think it is, then yeah. You can wait two years. Uh, it yeah. will be a, there. There will be a point where they draft a guy. I mean, if they draft uh, one of the Thompson brothers, they are quite good in terms of athleticism and defense already. And they're big, like, and they are big. <laughs> so they they are Herb Jones size. I mean, Herb Jones is amazing. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, there's nothing guaranteed to Lou. Even if Lou's a bench player, I think it's a heck of a bench player to come yeah, in. You can plug him in. Because he can defend multiple positions, he can like. There's games where he can really score, too. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, yeah. like he can go get you twenty in a random game. It's like, man, yeah, like what a luxury to have him, even if he's a bench player. And uh, to be honest, can, yeah. can I say something mm -hmm. really good about Dort? Mm -hmm. Not not about Dort, about me being too way too picky with yeah. Dort. 
Whenever I I watch other games where OKC is not involved, which happens. I mean, I, I don't watch it on it's I'm not you. Um, but I, I try to watch a bit every week. There are some guys that are starting for other teams that take the crappiest shots. Oh, possible. yeah, man. There is, like, so many guys that are way worse than Dort in terms yeah. of uh, shot selection and, and results. Dylan, and Brooks, Dylan Brooks is one of them. He's one guy that we've yeah. talked about as, like, a... Yeah. He's almost, like, bigger, worst-case scenario Dort. Yeah, and he's playing for Memphis. Uh, there are plenty. Very good team. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so he's young. Um, yeah. 20, he's not super duper young, but he's young. Yeah. 23 is still like he's still developing. And with the team, like giving him the right messages, like, hey, you got to rein it in and you got to play differently, you know? And if he can just be a, 34%, 35% three-point shooter and play in transition and just defend like a madman. It's a very, very valuable player that they have at that price because, I mean, things are yeah. going to change here pretty quick. Yeah. And one last thing. The point with Dorta gives me hope. And I'm keeping this to me, mm-hmm. but I will share because I think it's uh, it's time. that For him... Which is again trivial. It's what England is saying. For him, shot quality—it's everything. Yeah. When he takes good shots, he makes shots. Mm-hmm. So, I think that this will change dramatically whenever Chad or uh, the next draft pick will be around, and he's confined is a bad word, but it's it's what it is. I mean, he will be confined to seven, eight, nine shots, and those will be eight, nine. Very good shots in rhythm. Yeah. He'll have amazing um, results. Amazing yeah. being, hey, if Dort is a 37, 38% three-point shooter, that is amazing yeah. for him. Oh, That is a valuable player. That'd be unbelievable. If yeah. that's what he is with the defense, yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, next year, depending on who they get in the draft, I would, I would predict the starting lineup would be Shea, Giddy, Dort, J-Dub, Chet. It just mm-hmm. feels like they depending on how how high they draft. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that J Dub is uh, a given. But he's not. Yeah. yeah, if they draft top five, then you may bump J Dub or Dort to the bench. Yeah. If they they draft Emin Thompson, um, I think that he will start right away. He should. He's not the cleanest fit offensively, but no, he's not. You got to start. He's another ball handler that with questionable shooting. <laughs> Yeah, you draft him anyway. I mean, you draft him anyways. The athleticism is like is it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I would prefer straight up saying, "Hey, Lou, um, no, uh, we will just start Isaiah Joe and Emin tomorrow with Giddy and Chet and Shea." Yeah, full stop. And Mm -hmm. I I get the spacing that way. Mm -hmm. I have a crazy athletic guy that can jump up the gym. Yeah. Yeah, I would take that, definitely. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. Hope you guys are enjoying uh, Christmas time and we have New Year's. This is kind of like the weird limbo week where it's like the least productive week of the year. People are working, kind of. People are around, kind of. Um, but we'll be here. 
we'll have our normal schedule of shows. So uh, join us on Wednesday with Alex and then Friday with the FryPod crew. Uh, hope you guys are doing great. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.